Hey, come on, can we do better than that? Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Come on, if you got a reason to be grateful, if you got a reason to be thankful, come on, if God's done anything good in your life, come on, if you're not who you used to be, if God's touched you, if God's changed you, if God's saved you, come on, if you got a good report, if you got a reason to celebrate, if you got a reason to worship, come on, we can we just give God a loud, audacious, ridiculous, irrational, come on, influencer, shout of praise this morning. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, if you got a reason. Man, why don't you get comfortable? For those of you that are in the room physically, turn to someone you like and tell them they look great. Turn to your second neighbor, your favorite choice. <clears throat> Say you look great too. Man, it is such an honor and a privilege uh, to be here today. Can anyone just feel what's happening in the room today? Pretty. For those of you who are, are trying to figure out what's going on, for those of you watching online, uh, this is my first time communicating to a room with people in, in four months. This is my first worship service with people in four months. Um, it is, it, it's super dangerous to put a seed like me in this environment. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go on record. It is super dangerous to put a seed like me in this environment. So if I preach beyond this room, and I speak to a realm this morning, if I'm overwhelmed with passion, uh, I'm just gonna apologize now. If you're in the few front rows, you are in the splash zone today um, because this is just electric. Man, how many just excited to be in the, I'm sorry, don't. <clears throat> Man, it is such a privilege to be with every one of you and for all of you watching uh, today, for our, the thousands of people, I don't know if you guys know, but right now thousands of people have been tuning in to Influence Church all around the world we have so many people that are joining for the first time today. Can we just give it up for our online audience? <clears throat> and, and I would just say this. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Jedediah, and I just happen to be on the team here at Influencers Church. I have the privilege of just being one of the team members, um, and I run an organization with some friends called Missions.me. So many of you are a part of One Nation, One Day, Peru. Unbelievable all that God did. Uh, but for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, you know, because I want to consider everyone watching, I just want to say a few things, uh, and you could be in the room today, or you could be watching online, but I just want to say a few things about the community you're watching with. So if you're in the room, this is a community, maybe this is your first time, you've never been in an environment like this before, what an incredible environment, or if you're watching online and you're tuning in today, and maybe you're just out there searching, maybe you're here today or watching online, wherever you're watching from, and you're searching, you're searching for answers, you're searching for clarity, maybe you're just on a journey to discovery to figure out why your life matters, why you even exist, maybe you're here today looking for help or hope from an addiction, from a cycle of abuse, maybe you're just looking for answers, if that's you, I want to speak to you quickly, and I want to tell you about the community you're watching with. First and foremost, what you need to know about this community is this community is in a posture and position that says you don't have to believe to belong. Isn't that so good? For those watching online, you're, you're a part of a community that's watching with you that says you do not have to believe to belong. You actually can be a part of family before you understand function. And we have a group of people here that say we want to take the journey of life together, which means you don't have to understand everything we understand. You don't have to have the same convictions I do. You don't have the same journey that I've had, which means there's incredible grace for the pace of your race. The second thing I want to tell you about for those who've never been in this environment before or for those that are watching online is that this is a group group of people that have issues and problems and are dealing with real things, which means this is a group of real, vulnerable, transparent people. 
The good news is, is you're not in an environment where we want you to fake it until you make it. You're not in an environment where we want you to mask and to cover up what you're dealing with or what you're facing or what you're fighting through or what you're processing. No, there's actually just a bunch of people that are just like you that have been broken, that have been hurt, that have, that have had problems, that have a journey in their past but are on a journey to, called us to this incredible person called Jesus, which means if you're in the room today or if you're watching online, you get to be yourself. Isn't that so epic? You can finally come to a community and actually just be who you are with your problems, with your mess. I mean, if, if there's certain words you use and that's who you are, be who you are. We're so not afraid of who you are because we're overwhelmed by who God is. And we know that God will take care of the rest of that process. So I just wanna let you know, for those of you that are watching today, joining us today, you're part of a community that does, you do not have to believe to belong and you can be yourself. Isn't that good news? And the leaders of this house is not myself. For those of you watching, it is Pastor Phil and Tammy. And can we just give it up for our incredible leaders? We love you guys so much. Thank you for being such incredible. Come on, we can do better than that. <laughs> so those of you who uh, maybe don't love what I have to share today, the good news is you can tune in next week to the, the leader of the house, and there'll probably be some content you'd love to consume. I also have some friends here today. I have, there's so many Phil's in the house, but we got uh, Bishop Phil and Dana. I just love to honor them and their entire family. These guys, just put your hands up real quick, their whole family. These guys are outrageous kingdom builders. I mean, only heaven's gonna be able to give an adequate account of the lives that they've lived and incredible legends of faith that they are, and we just love you guys so much. Thank you for all that you've done. Anyone ready for the word of God today? Uh, if we could, someone get me a clock at some point, or I'll literally preach for an hour. So we just want to find out where we're going to stop. But turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Man, this is so sorry. This is like such a treat for me. I have people. People will respond. Just go ahead and just respond real quick for me. Just like a just like, just hugs and kisses. Okay, Matthew chapter 8. Uh, you guys ready? Okay, I'm going to be reading from the Never Incorrect Version. Look to your neighbor and say, unbuckle your seatbelt. Unbuckle. Don't fasten up. Unbuckle because you're about to have a collision course with destiny. Amen? <laughs> Matthew chapter 8. Primary text today, reading from the Never Incorrect Version. It says, Then he got into the boat, this is speaking of Jesus, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious st storm came upon the lake, so the waves swept over the boat. This is a legitimate serious storm. But Jesus somehow was sleeping. You just got to love the posture and position of Jesus in the midst of chaos and crisis. So the disciples woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? The audacity of Jesus to ask this question in the midst of chaos. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him. Can I, get, can I pray for us as we get started today? Father God, I just thank you for every person in the room, every person watching online. Lord, you see every season, every circumstance, every situation. And God, I thank you that when we came to gather, when we came as a community to tune in online, we are not just being presented the option of Jesus. We're presenting the answer in Jesus. You're not just an option. You are the absolute answer to our pain, to our crisis, to our fear, to our anxiety, to our depression. Whatever we're facing, you are are the answer. 
I pray that you would anoint my words, that they would be an assignment to every heart, to every life, in every room, in every space, and every walk of grace that exists. God, I pray that I would not be a man that stands on a platform and becomes famous, but I would be the man that becomes a platform that you stand on and are made famous this morning. When we leave here today, or when we tune out, may we only think about one name, not Jedediah, not even Influence Church, but just the name of Jesus Christ alone. God, we thank you that your posture and position has not changed. You are reigning undefeated, the seated champion of humanity. And we give you all the honor and all the praise. And now God's people said, and everyone said, I'm going to do that all day. I'm so sorry. I just can't. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Hawaii and uh, suffered for Jesus there. It's a very difficult place to live, you know, and during God's call of God's call in my parents' life and uh, I grew up with uh, a family of seven total. There's five siblings, two older brothers, older sister, younger sister. And when I was growing up in Hawaii, I got to be very honest, especially at a young age, I was not an outgoing individual. I was not outgoing. I probably was not very confident. I did not, I wasn't, I wouldn't identify with courage. Maybe some of you can relate. Um, I, I shot up in height very quickly. So I was very tall, young, but extremely skinny. I was like a skeleton. People call me Skeletor. I could have blown over when the wind changed directions. Like, that was really me. I was very intimidated. And if, if anyone's been familiar with Hawaiian culture, have been there, Hawaii is such a beautiful island. The culture is just absolutely unbelievable. But, 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 but one of the cons of the Hawaiian culture, or at least the islands, is there's a propensity to get in fights for no reason. I just want you to know that. There's a propensity in Hawaii to get in fights for no reason. This could happen at the beach. This could happen while surfing. This could happen while shopping at a grocery store. This could happen at a stoplight. These are all journeys of my life where there almost was a physical altercation because I looked at someone wrong or stopped on my brakes too soon. Or There's just a propensity for some reason for people to fight for no reason in Hawaii. And this really has a climactic environment at the county fairs. Like the county fairs is where everyone comes out and there's usually gonna be a couple fights throughout the day. And I knew that and so I'd always kind of be scared of the county fair, but I went with my older brother. My older brother was like six foot four. Uh, he was in the Air Force. He took a bunch of martial arts and he was married at the time. And I was probably 12 years old and I'm standing in line for my favorite ride, the zipper. I don't know if anyone's familiar like, I'm not talking about the super scissor people. I'm talking about the zipper. It's the best county fair ride in human history. It's a fact, and it spins itself. And so I'm standing in line, and there's like 100 people in this line, and it's just me. And I'm like 11 or 12, and my older brother's there with his wife, and he goes, hey, we're going to go get some soda, some popcorn, con candy you want. I was like, yes, it's like, hold our spot in the line. So I'm like, cool. So I'm sitting there, 11, 12 years old. I'm holding the spot in line, and suddenly these 15 or 16-year-olds come up next to me, and they actually just stand on both sides of me. So I have one on one side, one on the other. I'm already starting to cry. Like, I knew this, I knew this is not going to be a good environment. And they looked at me, and I'm just like, hi, what's going on? You know, they're both here. And, and they're like, hey, hey, we're, we're friends, right? And I'm like, huh? Like, we're friends. And I'm like, sure, sure, we're friends. And the other one goes, we're friends, right? I'm like, hey, I guess we could be friends. And then the other one, who said he was friends first, pushes me on the side, just shoves me. He's like, we're friends, right? And I'm like, I don't think this is what God meant. Like, Michael W. Smith didn't write this version of friends are friends forever. Like, and I just start getting shoved between these two 15-year-olds. And we're friends, right? And they're just hitting me and pushing on me. We're going to take your spot in line. I'm like, whatever. No, I didn't know the whole time my brother was watching this. Six foot four, Air Force, 
martial arts. I also want to give you a, a disclaimer. He was not a believer at this time, so please don't judge him for these actions. He did not have the grace of God living inside of him. So what he did next is under the blood, but not at this time, okay? So my brother walks in. I didn't know he's watching all of this, and he walks up to these guys, and like I'm like, tears are holding back. I'm just like, why me again? And my brother goes, hey, so you know my brother. And these guys look around, six foot four, and I'm just like, he's here. Like, I was just so excited. <laughs> save me. I looked at him. I was like, save me, victim. You know, and he, and he goes, oh, you're friends with my brother. And he's, they're like, yeah. He's like, oh, you guys both know my brother. You're friends with my brother. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so that makes us friends. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, so we're friends. And my brother just goes, we're friends, right? Boom, and just pushes one of these kids. I'm talking in the chest, throws them back, goes to the other one. We're friends, right? Pushes them. Now, at this point, I have slipped off back into the crowd. I'm not a confident, courageous individual. I'm in the back watching this happen now. And my brother out of nowhere just starts pushing them. We're friends. And I'm in the background being like, we're friends, right? Who's friends now? Like, I'm getting so excited. Then my brother out of nowhere, remember, not a believer, smacks one of them. Like, literally just smack. And I'm just in the back like, oh, that's a deep bond of friendship. That's, a, that's another level of friendship I haven't seen. And so these guys walk off. We take the ride. I'll just tell you something. Like, from that moment on, my life changed. My life changed anytime I was with my two older brothers. Now, here's what's crazy. Anytime I would now leave to school, like traditionally, Jedediah, ready to go to school, I put my back on, not another day of getting picked on, not another day of bullying. Jedediah, we're going to the store. I was like, not another day getting picked on. But when my brothers were like, Jedediah, we're going to go to school. You want to roll with us? And I would just be like, like literally skipping out there, like had a new strut to my step. So here's what's crazy. Anytime I was with my brothers, I had this newfound confidence. I had this newfound courage. I had this new identity. But here's what's nuts. I created no new skill set. I didn't start training martial arts. I didn't have put on a certain size of muscle mass. I didn't start developing, you know, this new mindset of, of just personal affirmation. Here's what's crazy. I walked different. I talked different. I acted different, but nothing inside of me changed. You know what changed? It was simply a revelation of who was with me. All of a sudden, I would leave the house in the morning, and I would walk different, and I would talk different, not because of my courage, not because of my confidence, but I had a revelation of who was with me, and my brothers was with me. I could talk different. I could walk different. I could act different because of who was with me. Can I just tell you something? As believers, as believers, we have a God who's with us, and although when you come into this journey with Jesus, you might be broken, or you might be marginalized, or you might be be overlooked, or you might have a personality of insecurity, or you might be an introvert, or you might be gripped with fear or gripped with pain, but the moment you get a revelation of who's with you, you don't have to change necessarily immediately. You just have to have a change of perspective of who's actually with you, and all of a sudden, we can walk different, and we can talk different, and we can act different. Why? Because of who is with us. This this is the journey of these disciples, these, the, the, these fishermen, these blue-collared workers, this tax collector, this medical practitioner, these individuals that he gathers. It's unbelievable. Do you know within a few weeks of their journey with Jesus, they're seeing miracles. They're seeing blind eyes open. They all of a sudden have a newfound courage and a newfound confidence, and it's not because something drastically changed inside of them. It was because of revelation of who was with them. These disciples get so much confidence. They look at Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, Hey, like, they, they don't want us to, like, go through this city. Can we do the 
fire button? Can like, I just call down fire from heaven and like just burn, 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 burn? You know, like, can we just, like they have so much courage and confidence, like kicking kids away and, you know, pushing back the Roman centurions. Like these guys walk different and talk different because of who's with them. This was their journey. But when we pick up on this story, our primary passage today, the text that we first read, this moment in the journey with Jesus for the disciples is different than every other moment. Moments before this, they see miracles taking place. Moment before this, they see Jesus heal all the sick. Moments before this, they're standing there with confidence and courage. They're standing there with audacious, bold faith. And now all of a sudden, they find themselves in a storm. They find themselves in the middle of the boat and the wind is raging and the boat is rocking and the waves are howling. And guess what? For this moment in time, what the disciples were facing outside of the boat became greater in their mind than who was with them in the boat. I'm gonna say this again. For the disciples, what they were facing became greater in their mind which was out of the boat than the person who was actually with them in the boat. They lost sight of who was with them. And they're in the middle of this storm. Now, let's just all go to the storm together to create some context as we open up this story. Like, now, like get in your boat. If you're watching online or you're at home or with your family, just get on your boat. Go ahead, just get in your boat. Now, the boat's rocking. Come on, we gotta do this together. Come on, boat's rocking. Come on, so participation sport. Not, none of you are rocking. You didn't come all this way to not rock in church. Come on, boat's rocking. Now, the wind's howling. I need some wind. There we go. I need some waves. Best crowd ever. Do you guys hear this online? It's a crazy, come on, I need some wind. I need some lightning bolts. This is the environment, stay with me. I'm getting exhausted. Boats rocking, waves are howling, winds blowing. This is the context that Jesus gets woken up in. Boats raging, boats rocking, winds howling, and the disciples wake up, Jesus, Jesus, save us. We're going to drown. No, this is Jesus' response. Let's get back to the boat. Boat's rocking, wind's howling, waves are crashing. Great waves over here, excellent waves over here on the left side. Waves are crashing. Jesus, save us, we're gonna drown. Jesus' response in the midst of this. He yawns, guaranteed he yawns. Wait till we get to heaven, you can watch this on IMAX 3D later. He yawns. Look at what is the response in verse 26. This is his first words. You have little faith. <laughs> Why are you so afraid? Wait a second. Do you know the context? <laughs> the boat's rocking. The wind's howling. The waves are ranging. Jesus, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus. <sighs> you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Now, if we were to continue this conversation and probably say what the disciples wanted to say, right? What do you mean, Jesus? Why are we so afraid? What do you mean, Jesus? Why are we so afraid? Uh, you're wet. The boat's rocking. The wind's raging. The waves are howling. We're going to drown. What do you mean? Why are we so afraid? And I can't imagine a better conversation to have with Jesus right now than in the crisis we're all facing. 
What do you mean? Why are we so afraid? Jesus, have you not seen the bank notice? Jesus, have you not seen the cancer report? Jesus, have you not turned on the news? Jesus, have you not seen this election cycle? Jesus, have you not seen my income? Jesus, have you not seen our, what do you mean? Why are we so afraid? We're in crisis, racial conversations everywhere. We don't know when we're going back to school. We got our kids every day. What do you mean? Anyone relate? What do you mean? I mean, it's pretty easy to see, Jesus, why we're afraid. We're in a storm. We're going to drown. Jesus. Jesus' response to this rhetorical conversation we've created. If we were to have that conversation with him right now, what do you mean? Why am I freaking out? Look at the news. What do you mean? Why am I freaking out? Look at the state of our nation. What do you mean? Why are you freaking out? Look at what the government's doing. What do you mean? Why are we freaking out? I'm in a storm. The boat's going under. If Jesus would to answer that question, he would say, I, I would get you. I would really get you being so afraid if you were facing that doctor's note alone. I would really get you freaking out. I get the anxiety. I get the panic. I get the processing. If you had to navigate this crisis alone, I completely freaking out about the divorce notice or completely freaking out about losing your job or completely freaking out about not getting the PPP. Yeah, I would be freaking out too if you were navigating this life alone, if you were navigating this marriage alone, if you were navigating this season alone, if you were in the storm and in a boat, I would get you freaking out if you were in this thing alone. But you're not because I am in the boat with you. I am in the storm with you. I am in the crash. I'm in it with you. Can I just tell you something, friends? Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget that we, we have a God that doesn't just love us. We have a God that doesn't just save us. We have a God that doesn't rescue us and redeem us and reconcile us. We have a God that doesn't just make a way for us. We have a God that doesn't just provide for us. We forget that we have a God who's actually with us, which is why when God sent his son into the world, he said his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with you forever. Which means right now, friend, you don't have a God that's just on your side. You have a God that's physically present, intangibly by your side, facing what you're facing with you. Let's not forget in the midst of this moment that God is with us. Which means our conversations, our dialogue, our proclamations should sound different than those who don't have God in their boat. I'm just going to say it again. We should sound drastically different. Our level of panic and hysteria should be non-existent. Our level of confusion and chaos should be non-existent. Our level of peace should be at an all-time high. Our level of hope should be at an all-time high. Our unconditional love should be at all Why? Because we're not in this thing alone. We're not in this world alone. We're not lost and confused. We know our primary purpose on the planet, which is not to live and create an income. It's to change the world and establish a kingdom. Jesus, Jesus, friend, you watching, you, don't, you that don't know him, you that have never even said his name with a positive remark next to it, he's with you, sitting next to you in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that journey, in the midst of that problem. He's, that's the beautiful thing about our God. In the Old Testament, he was a God that's for us. But in the New Testament, he becomes a God that's with us. And then post the cross, even better, the God that's, in us. But when you forget who's in your boat, many of us, let's be honest, I've had times in these last four months you could forget who's in your boat. 
When you forget who's in your boat, you begin to question the care, the concern, and the compassion of Christ. When you forget who's in your boat, you begin to question the care, the concern, and the compassion of Christ. Look at what these disciples say. They actually wake up Jesus in the midst of the storm. They say these words, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Look at them. Look at the phraseology. They wake him up and say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? They begin to question his concern. Can I just tell you a couple things? Isn't it crazy that they wake up Jesus not to save Jesus? I'm sorry, I just read these stories like practically. Wait a second, you woke him up to save you? They never said, Jesus, this is good. Sorry, this is fun because there's people I can see responses. This is good. Jesus, teacher, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus, don't you care? We're going to drown. They never said, Jesus, wake up. You're going to drown. Could it possibly that when we begin to question the care and the concern and compassion of Christ, we begin to reach out to Jesus to save our purpose, not to save his purpose? Right now in the midst of crisis, let's be honest, in the first few months where we're thinking about God's plan, where we're thinking about his bride, where we're thinking about the church, it was like, Jesus, save my finances. Jesus, let me keep my home. And I'm not saying these are inappropriate prayers, but the higher prayer at some point is not to wake up Jesus to save you, but to wake up Jesus to save him. Hey, Jesus, we're gonna drown. But when you actually begin to forget who's in your boat, you question the caring concern, so you go, don't you care? And of course, his response is, I care so much, I'm in the storm with you. I care so much, I'm going through it with you. I care so much, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never walk off. I'm gonna be with you no matter what. You cannot escape me. You cannot evade me. I'm going to be with you. Don't, Jesus, don't you care? We're gonna do But here's what's even crazier. Because they begin to question the care and concern of Christ, because they, devout, they, because they doubt his character, they demote his power. Wow. I feel like this is the response side. <laughs> when we begin to question God's character, we begin to demote God's power. How do I know this? Notice the wake up Jesus. Look at the text. Let's just go to the exact text. He says these exact words to them. Teacher, Mark 4, 38. Teacher, put that up on the screen. Teacher. Notice it's not Savior. Notice it's not Lord. They begin to demote God's position. It's not master. It's not savior. It's not Lord. Hey, teacher, could you do something about it? Many of us right now, I got to be honest, we've demoted God in crisis because we don't actually believe in his character. Wait, you're faithful no matter what. Wait, you're good no matter what. Wait, you're love for me no matter what. Wait, you're not, you've already judged the world. You know, he judged the world with his son 2,000 years ago. This is not an act of God's judgment. God put all of his judgment on Jesus 2,000 years ago. You guys know that, right? So we're not looking for God's judgment. That happened. We're not looking for God's justice. And when you actually don't understand that God's in the boat with you and you begin to question his care and concern and compassion, then you begin to demote him and deny him of the power he has to be a part of your situation. Some of you are looking at Jesus right now as a counselor. Some of you are looking at him as a teacher. Some of you have just reduced him to one of your options on your multiple choice test called life. Maybe I'll pick C. Friend, as I prayed this morning, Jesus is not an option. He's the answer. Jesus didn't come to be an option. All these other religions are options, but only Jesus, are you hearing me, is the answer. Teacher, don't you care that we're gonna drown? Begin to demote Christ. Begin to complain about the storm. 
crazy thing is how they get in the boat in the first place. How'd they get in the boat in the first place? Jesus said, let us get in the boat. Let us go to the other side. Wait a second, they're in a storm, but they're also in God's will? Why as believers, we can't reconcile these two tensions? Why do we determine storms as being outside of God's will? If we were to stop and judge their life, we'd be like, hmm, maybe they're not giving. They probably got a faith problem. I mean, the storm, hmm, what'd you do? What'd you sin? What happened? What'd your parents do, right? Like, that's what we do as believers. Bad things happen to good people. We think they're bad people. They're in a storm because they're in God's will. Can I just tell you something, friend? Who told you to start that business? Who told you to plant that location? Who told you to marry that girl or that guy? Who told you to adopt that kid? If you're in a storm following God's will, then don't worry about the storm because if God gave you a grace to get into it, he's giving you a grace to calm it. That's why he's allowed you into the storm. Which means just because you're in a prison doesn't mean you've missed out on God's plan. Just because you're in a pit doesn't mean you missed out of God's promise. Just because you're in a den doesn't mean it's not destiny. And just because you can feel the flames of the fire doesn't mean you've lost God's favor. And just because you're in a storm doesn't mean you're not in God's will. They're in a storm in God's will. They're in a storm because God led them into a storm. And I, I honestly gotta believe when I start looking at my take on this story in scripture, you guys still with me, still here? I, I gotta believe that. I think there was so much more that was going on than this another day journeying on a boat to the other side. See, when I look at this story and I look at Jesus's response, I actually start to believe that Jesus and let me build this thought out before you make a conclusion. Let me finish the message, okay? Let me finish the message. I really believe that this storm was actually a test. And here's why I believe it. Imagine, Jesus says, we're going to the other side. It's awesome. Jesus goes to sleep in the boat. Of course, many of you have heard, why is Jesus sleeping in the boat? Because in his world, there's no storms. When, you, when, you're not, when you're sleeping in a boat, but seated in heaven, the whole world looks differently. So Jesus is asleep in the boat because in his seat in heaven, there's no storm on earth. So he, gets to, so he can go to sleep in the midst of chaos, in the midst of crisis. So literally, literally, he goes to sleep. There's a storm. Jesus says, we're going to the other side. Now they wake him up. Jesus, teacher, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus, why do you guys have such little faith? Calms the storm. And Jesus' response to me reveals to him what he was expecting. They wake him up. And instead of saying, you have great faith, you woke me up in the middle of a storm to answer your problem. For many of us, that's successful Christianity. There's a problem, we pray for help, God answers, we're successful Christians. But not in this model 2,000 years ago. There was a storm, they woke him up, Jesus answered and then said, why'd you have so little faith? Wait a second, this is massive faith. I woke you up to calm the storm. No, 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 Jesus said, I went to sleep because you have the ability to calm the storm inside of you. I want you to get this, friends. See, I'm convinced, we can get the keys up to make this a little more anointed. I'm convinced... We'll have to wait to heaven to know that I'm right. But I'm convinced that it was Jesus' desire that when he went to sleep on the boat, that he was gonna be woken up when he was on the other side. It was, it was Jesus' desire that he could go to sleep in the boat, I wanna get it, because he knew what he had placed in the disciples. He actually was testing them in this moment 
because he trusted them with this moment. I want you to say that again. He was actually trusting, testing them in this moment because he was trusting them with this moment. He actually woke up and said, wait a second. Oh, you didn't calm it? Cool. All right, I'll calm that. <laughs> you have little faith. And I believe he was hoping he got woke up on the other side. I believe it was a test. See, friends, some of you right now in this season, you feel like God's gone missing. He's simply just gone quiet. And you're wondering why he's gone quiet? It's because he's placed so much into you, he needs it to come out. Like how many services do we have to receive truth before we start shouting what we've heard? How many prophetic words do we need? How many encounters do we need before we actually start doing something with what he's put inside of us? See, what I've learned, friend, is that God speaks. He like walks with you and speaks and entrusts you with truth and gives you revelation and helps you take the step. And then suddenly he stops talking and we think he's gone missing. No, he's right by your side. He just trusts what he put inside of you that he needs to stop so it can come out. Because if he keeps talking, you'll never shout. So some of you are like, God's gone quiet. No, he's given you so much truth. He's given you so much hope. He's given you so much life and love. He does not need to keep talking. He needs you to shout what he put inside of you since this journey started. He was testing them. But tests from Jesus are not like tests from the enemy. Are you with me? This is what we know about tests. We, are you with, just give me a few more minutes. This is gonna end really good. I just I want, I want us, I gotta unpack this thought. It says, you have a little faith. Why are you so afraid? I was hoping you would just wake me up on the other side after you've calmed the storm. It's a test. So what does James say about a test? So just look at, I'm gonna pack three scriptures. We're gonna close this thing. James 1 says this in verse two, consider it pure joy. No one's gonna love this verse. I'm sorry, I know where I'm landing. Consider it what? I mean, he didn't even say joy. He had to use an adjective. Like not just joy, pure joy. In other translations, it says consider it a sheer gift, like in its purest form of what a gift could be, a sheer gift, pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face what? Of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Let me read this in the message. Two more verses. You fulfilled your Bible reading requirement for the year. So let me give you two more verses. Let me read this in the message. Consider it a sheer gift, friends. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not me talking. It's not me talking. It's the Bible. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let, let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed. Look, not deficient in every way. One last verse, 1 Corinthians, and I'm closing it. Speaking of tests and trials, verse 13, chapter 10. No trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others. And God is what? He will not let you be tried beyond what you're able to bear. But with the trial, we'll also provide a way out so that you will be able to do, endure it. Are you with me now? So what does he say? Hey, first of all, when it comes to trials, when it comes to testing, when it comes to tribulations, I just want to get this. Consider it what? A sheer gift. Why? Because we know that when we actually go through a trial and a testing, it actually validates. Hear me. When your faith is tested, 
It's not validating to God what you have, it's validating to you what you have. That's why the end of the verse says, let it finish its work. You wanna know why? Because when it's done, you'll lack nothing. For any one of you who's dealt with a financial battle and you've overcome, you know this happens. The next time there's a financial battle, what do you do? Nah, I've already done that. I don't, I don't need anything, I have the faith to win. If any of you have ever prayed for a sick person and they've been healed, every time you hear someone sick, what do you do? You expect there to be a healing, why? Because your faith has already been tested when it comes to sickness. When there's a crisis and you have to endure crisis, when you get through crisis, you know what's gonna happen to the church after this? There ain't no crisis, there ain't no virus, there ain't gonna be no issue that would ever shake the church again because we've gone through this and we're like, oh, we're still here, we're still resilient. Nothing can stop what God started. But here's the deal, let me get it, let me get it. I got seven minutes left, let me get this. So he says, but listen, hey, for those of you who consider trials, um, everyone's gone through it, God's faithful and he'll give you a way out. He says he'll give you a way out. So the question is, friend, if he's testing you, but he gives you all the answers to a test, is it really a test? So God says, are you, are you with me? Some of you, I just wanna make sure you're with me. God says, hey, when these trials come, I just want you to know, let this thing finish. And at the end of the day, I'm always gonna provide you a way out in every test and every trial. So the test is not to see if you know the answer. The test is to see if you'll use the answer. Because I've given you the way out. If a teacher gives you a test every semester but gives you the answers, is it really a test? No. Which means God's never testing us, he's only trusting us. If he's, so imagine, I'm just gonna explain it. Right now, many people think we're being tested with this season. We're being tested with this crisis. We're being tested with the racial conversation. We're being tested with this political year. Church, can I tell you something? We are not being tested with this year. We are not being tested with a political conversation. We're not being tested by this virus. We're not being tested by chaos. We are being trusted with this season. We're being trusted by this political year. We're being trusted with this fire. Are you hearing me? We're not being tested. We're being trusted. which means we gotta respond differently. Now, I'm, I'm here, hear me for a second, just a little lower, it's perfect, but just a little lower. I'm not preaching to you. I am sitting in the chairs with you, hearing God deliver the message. Unfortunately, I just have to be the vehicle he's using. But I'm sitting on the other side of this message, letting it challenge and change my heart. And this verse says, consider it sheer joy. And I gotta be honest, for four months, I haven't seen a lot of Christians look like they're overwhelmed with joy. What is, oh, the doctor's report says cancer. Oh my God, this guy. Oh, oh, devil, oh, this is a gift. God's not testing me with cancer, he's trusting me with cancer. Oh, look at the, oh, another bad news report. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is, oh, this is a sheer gift. This is pure joy. Why? Why? Because God trusts me enough to be alive right now. Are you kidding me? God 
saw this moment before a star was ever placed in the sky, before humanity was ever carved into existence, before he etched in the skyline of the heavens. God looked at this moment in time and he said, let me build a dream team. Who's going to be my hands? Who's going to be my feet? Who's going to be my bride? Who's going to be a part of my body? Who's going to be leading in government in that year? Who's going to be leading as an entrepreneur? Who's going to be an educator? Who's going to be a student? He actually saw each and every one of you and he says, I believe in them so much. I can trust them with this moment. I can trust them with the church. I can trust them with my message. And my, I'm not testing you. I'm just What would it look like if we started responding differently? Hey, how's your spouse doing? Oh, I'm just being trusted. <laughs> being tr not, God can't trust everyone like he trusts me. You know, how's that job doing? I'm just being trusted. Oh my God. I can't believe God would see me fit. God would give me the opportunity to be a part of the dialogue, to be a part of the solution. He trusts me with this breath, with this life. Man, would you hear about the... Coronavirus insurgent. <laughs> oh my God, this guy. Oh, look at all the hate on the media. Oh, never a better time for a message of hope in the middle of a message of hate. I mean, I just can't. Because here's what happens when you realize that you are tested and trusted, tested and trusted, tested and trusted. That means you're T and T. That means you're dynamite when it comes to that area. See, there's certain things in my life when the, guy, the devil comes knocking, I go, I'm sorry, trusted and tested. I'm dynamite. Can't mess. Oh, gossip? Ah, we've done that. Tested and trusted. Oh, a crisis? We've done that. Tested and trusted. Oh, a sickness? We've done that. Tested and trusted. Oh, another attack? We've been there. Tested and trusted. Some of you, the devil tried to attack you. He tried to steal your marriage. He tried to rob your finances. He tried to belittle your identity. And guess what? You're still standing, which means you've been tested and you've been trusted, which means you're dynamite. Can we respond? differently you know what I do every morning Just read the news <laughs> devil you don't understand do you know that the devil's never beat God in a chess match I don't care what his strategy is I don't care how long he's been articulating it I don't care what the plan is God wins no matter what we've got the end of the story which means let's not act like we're a church or a family or a leader that's being crushed by the testing. Let's be encouraged by the trusting. <laughs> it's time to look at that storm differently. It's time. If you can hear the heart of God this morning, he's giving you an invitation to look at this season differently. He is trusting us with this moment in time, which means if he's graced you into the storm, he's empowered you to calm it. Now's not the time to plead, to cry out, and to beg. Now's the time to stand, to declare, and to proclaim. It's time to pe speak peace to our storms and watch our God get the credit. As we close today, heads bowed in this moment, no one looking around. Those online can keep your eyes open, eyes up. Just wanna pray quickly for two groups of people today. The first group is you're here today and you're in the middle of your storm. Your storm could be way bigger in your mind than 
the crisis we're facing in this pandemic. It could be your marriage is on the rocks. It could be in a cycle that you've never been able to shake, but you're here today and you're saying, Jedediah, I need to see that revelation of Jesus with me and I need peace that surpasses storm. If that's you, no matter where you're at, in this room or watching online, you're in the middle of a storm, I just wanna pray quickly, corporately for every person. Father God, I just thank you for every need present. You see every season, every circumstance. God, you see everything that the people have been trusted with. God, I thank you that you're the God that allows us to have a way out no matter what. And God, you see all the wind, all the waves the boat rocking, I stand as you stand 2,000 years ago and say, peace, be still. Wind, stop, waves, calm, boat, peace. Over that season, that circumstance, that situation, God, may the peace of heaven begin to move into every room, through every device, into every conversation. Jesus' name we pray. As we stay in this moment, I just wanna pray really one last group of people and you're here today or you're watching online and if you were to be honest and it was just a moment with me and you not a moment where we gathered corporately as a church but just a conversation with me and you maybe at coffee or at a meal we're just hanging out and if you were to be honest and transparent with me if you were to just be real maybe the dialogue would sound like this Jedediah I just can't figure this thing out and if I would say what you might say I can't figure out my marriage or I can't figure out my relationships or I mean, I can't shake this addiction or I can't shake this cycle of abuse or I can't get out of this victim mentality. And if you were to be honest and transparent and continue that dialogue with me, maybe the conversation would go to the point and place where you would just simply say these words. I need help. I need help. And friend, if you're in the room today, if you're watching online, if you're saying you need help, your soul and spirit is saying you need Jesus. From my personal experience, not just from verses I've read in a book, but personal experience, he's the only one that can give you a peace beyond understanding, a joy beyond reason, and a love beyond condition. He's the only one that can fill that God-sized hole that exists in your heart. He's the only one that can make sense of this mess called humanity. And the great news is to receive this help, to receive this hope, it's simply that, you receive it. Hear me, you cannot earn it, you cannot work for it. We're not propagating a list of programs or principles or practices. We're not propagating a dogma. We are introducing you into a person who says, you've done your worst, I'm gonna do my best. Let me take the pain of your past for the plan of my promise. Let me take your shame and your sin and let me give you my sanctification and my saving. Let me take the, the worst things you've done and let me give you my grace and mercy, the best thing I've done. It's this incredible exchange and all you have to do is receive it. And to simply receive that gift right now in this room or watching online, all you have to do is say these words. Your eyes are open, your head's up, or your head's bowed, just simply say these words, Jesus, I need you, I've made mistakes, I've messed up. Come into my life today, forgive me of my sins. If that's you right now and you're in this room or you're watching online and your heart's saying that, I need you, come into my life today. If that's you, if you said that prayer, he heard it. If that's you and you said that prayer, he heard it which means your sins are forgiven, you're now in right standing with Jesus, and you get to start this new life with him. If you're here today, friend, or watching online, you've said, I need hope, I need help, and I need Jesus, and if you've responded in this moment or would like to, you can simply click in the comment section right now where you're watching, and for everyone in this room, you can just 
head to the links table after this, the link center to connect. Can I just pray with you one last time as we get ready to dismiss? Father God, I thank you that right now, even as I speak, there's a new courage, there's a new confidence, there's a new boldness, there's a new faith, there's a new tenacity that's rising up in your people to recognize we've not just been tested, but we're actually being trusted which means we don't need to look for a weapon. We are actually your weapon. You're waging war with on the planet. We are your hands. We are your feet. We are the answer. Christ in us is the hope of glory. God, I pray, Lord, that this would be a week of sheer, pure joy in response to any possible trial or opposition. Maybe laugh all year and just say, I can't believe you love us so much that you would trust us like this. And if you believe it, can we put our hands together for Jesus Christ this morning?